In John chapter 14, the disciples learn that Jesus is leaving them. The guy that has been with them, that they've followed, they've left everything to follow him. They've lived with him, they've ate with him, they've talked with him, they've spent time with him. They learn is leaving them. The guy that was with them was leaving. And that brought a, a sense of, of fear. It disturbed them that the one who they thought was with them and was always going to be with them was no longer going to be with them. And so that disturbed them, as you might imagine. Well, in John chapter 14, Jesus can see that they're distressed, that they're fearful, that they're questioning, that they're doubting why he's leaving them. How could he do this to them? And so in John chapter 14, Jesus says this, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. You see, Jesus tells them, don't, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in me, trust in God. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now, here's what Jesus isn't saying. Don't worry, be happy. That's not, that's not what he's telling the disciples here. This isn't some simple, trite thing like, oh, don't, don't worry, like, you'll get over it, it's gonna be okay. That's not, that's not what he's telling the disciples here. And I don't think that's what God would tell you tonight. Because what many of you have been through, what this campus has been through, what this police department here at Texas Tech has been through is a huge deal. It's very traumatic. It can really shake you. But I do think Jesus gives us concrete reasons that we can replace our trouble with trust. That we could replace our fear with faith. And I want to give you those reasons right here. And we find them right here in these verses. Number one, the first reason I believe Jesus gives us here in John 14, that we can replace our trouble that maybe that you're feeling with trust in Jesus, that we can replace our fear with faith. The first reason is that Jesus is preparing a place. Jesus is preparing a, a place for you as a follower of Jesus. In other words, he's preparing a home. He's preparing a home in heaven for you. This past weekend, my family got together in Wimberley, Texas. And I've never been to Wimberley before, but we rented this vacation house and my wife's whole side of the family came together and drove in from Fort Worth and Dallas and Austin and from Lubbock. And we all met together at Wimberley at this house. It was on top of this hill that overlooked all the, all the just incredible, this river and all these homes. And it was just, it was amazing. It's a huge house. It had a room with a foosball table and a ski ball and a pool table and shuffleboard and just all this kind of stuff for the kids to play on. Had this great pool, had this amazing fire pit and hot tub and all this kind of stuff. It was incredible. 
And so our whole family met together there. It was an amazing house. But as incredible as that house was, it's not our home. It's not my home. As much as I love my house that I live in with, with my family, it's not my home. As much as I love this city, I grew up here. And I thought, my wife and I thought as we grew up here, like most people do and you're from Lubbock, we're getting out of here as soon as we can. But one job after the next kept us here. And then we had kids here. Now we have three kids here and this is home. And we love it, we love Lubbock. And I know some of you are like, dude, you're crazy. But we love it, it's our home. This is where we belong. But as much as I love Lubbock, as much as I love Texas and Texas Tech, this is not my home. It's not your home as a follower of Jesus. It's not. In Hebrews chapter 11, the, the people, the men and women of faith that are talked about in Hebrews chapter 11, it says that they consider themselves nomads, foreigners here on this earth. They knew that this earth, that this was not their home. And it says they looked forward to a heavenly home, to a heavenly country that they knew they belonged to, that they were citizens of. And you might think, well, what is this home like, this place that you're talking about? What is it like? What is my home as a follower of Jesus? What does it look like? What does it feel like? Well, in Revelation chapter 21, John, the disciple, has this vision that God gives him, that Jesus gives him of heaven. And John writes this in Revelation chapter 21. He says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and the sea was gone. And I saw the holy city, this new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. And I will be their God and they will be my children. That's your home. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, that's your home. That's your heavenly home. You don't belong here. You are aliens and strangers, some translations say in Hebrews 11, on this earth. We don't belong here. Heaven is our home. Jesus went and he's preparing a place for us, a home for us. And that's where we belong. That's our home. And so people of faith, if that's you, like it says of Moses and Abraham and Elijah and David and so many others. They said they considered heaven their home. They were looking forward to their heavenly home. Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to prepare 
a home. You know, our feelings of home now, whether it's at your parents' house or in your dorm room or your apartment or in the house that you own or rent or whatever it is, those feelings of home where you can go in and you're comfortable and you can relax and you can be yourself. You don't have to worry about putting on a show or wearing a mask. You can just be who you are. Some of you at your home or at your parents' home, you've got a, a favorite chair or a place on the couch or you've got your place at the, at the table that you always sit for meals. You, it, it's comforting there for some of us. You know what that feeling of home is like. Listen, that's just a precursor. That's just a taste. That's an imperfect experience of what will be perfect one day in heaven. That perfect experience and feeling of going and being home will be yours one day if you're a follower of Jesus. But listen, I know some of us don't have that. We didn't grow up with that kind of feeling at home. Home wasn't a place of comfort for you. It was a feeling of stress and pain and anxiety. And can I tell you tonight that as a follower of Jesus, you've got a home in heaven where you will feel comforted, where you will experience joy and a peace like you've never known before. Where Jesus says, he will be with you you will be his people. God himself will be there with us. And there will be no more tears, no more death or crying or sorrow or pain or shootings or depression or anxiety. No more disease, none of that stuff. These things will be gone forever. That's the home that awaits you if you're a follower of Jesus. Second reason, second concrete reason these verses, I think we can replace our trouble with trust, our fear with faith, is that Jesus is preparing a people. We learn in these verses that Jesus is preparing a, a people, like a family that are gonna be together with Jesus. Jesus said this in verse three, he said, when everything is ready, I will come and get you. He's talking to all the disciples. He's not talking to one person. He's talking to his disciples. He says, I will come and get you so that you all, like you, plural, you all will always be with me where I am. Jesus is preparing even now this family of God, this spiritual family of brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you belong to that family. You've got a spiritual family of brothers and sisters in Christ here in this room and all throughout church history. You've got a huge, huge extended family that you may not have ever realized that you have. You've got a spiritual family of people that love you and care for you. And sometimes when they don't even know your name, I can't tell you how many people who've come to Raider Church and I've heard say this or post this or whatever, that, that I've never felt such love and acceptance and feeling of family and belonging like it's home before. And some of these people don't even know my name. But I already feel that and experience it. That's what it's like to be a part of the family of God. You know, this weekend when we were 
in Wimberley, we got ready to leave and I couldn't find the keys to our car. It was locked up. Everyone's packed up and ready. We clean this house, we're, we're, we're all ready to go and I can't find my keys and all of a sudden it hits me. I left my keys in my brother-in-law's truck and he was already almost back home to Fort Worth. And so I called him and I said, hey bro, I, I think I left my keys in, in the back of your truck and he starts laughing. He says, are you serious? I said, yeah, I, I think they are. And so he pulled over and he's like, sure enough, they're, they're back there. And he's like, bro, what do you want me to do? And I was like, I want you to turn around, drive back and give me my keys. What, what, do, you, what do you think I want you to do? I said, no, don't worry about it. There's nothing you can do now. Just, you know, just go home. And I felt awful. I was really embarrassed. I, I don't really do things like that normally, but I kind of had to tell my wife and, you know, and everyone like there that's still there, our huge family, like I left my keys in his car, he's gone. And so our cars are locked up. And so we're trying to figure out what to do. And I had to call, end up calling the Lubbock County tax and, and, and where my car's registered and, and, and they got a copy of my registration. And I had to send them all this information to verify it was me. And so then they sent it to a Chevy dealership and, and uh, San Marcos. And so then I had my family like drive me to San Marcos. Some other family drove my wife and my kids to Fredericksburg so they could hang out for a little while. And so I get to, I get to San Marcos and I had to pay for a new key for my car. They, they made it and cut it, you know, based on the VIN number and give me the key. And then I Uber from San Marcos back to the house in Wimberley about 30 miles. And I get back there. I, key works. I jump in, I drive, I catch up with my family. We load all of our stuff back into our car and go. It's not a huge deal. But in that moment, man, our whole family was there for us and helped us. Helped us get through something that was my mistake. My brother-in-law overnighted my keys to me. I, I got them yesterday morning, like a day later. And it was just like every family member kind of helped and pitched in to get us through that problem. And again, it wasn't a big deal. But when you're a part of a family and every one of you have got a spiritual family right here, you need the people, the members of your family to help you get through those tough times, to pitch in and help you, to pray for you, to encourage you, to lift you up when you're down or when you're struggling. And some of you have that. You have that spiritual family. You're, you're here at Raider Church and you come here and you're involved in a life transformation group, a small group with other people your age where you do life together and you study the Bible together and you pray together and you have fun together. But I know some of you are here tonight, maybe it's your first time here, maybe you've been here several times, but you've yet to really go all in and you don't have that spiritual family that's there for you, surrounding you, supporting you and helping you get through times like this. And you need it. Instead of being separate from the family, you need to join the family. You need to go all in. Maybe here at Raider Church, get plugged in, get into a group so that you can begin to experience the benefits of having that spiritual family to surround you and to support you, to help you get through times like this. You see, one of the reasons we can 
change or exchange our, our trouble for trust and our fear for faith is because we've got a spiritual family. Jesus is preparing a people, a family for us. And we're gonna get to be together, all together with Jesus in heaven for all eternity. It's amazing. And if you've never experienced that before, or if that wasn't your past, like you didn't grow up in a home with a family where the idea of family is a good thing to you. I understand where you're coming from. But as a follower of Jesus, you get this perfect family one day in heaven. And God right now is preparing us to be this people, to be this perfect family. Right now we're an imperfect family. And so we hurt each other. But God's molding us and shaping us into this spiritual family that's going to be there for each other and enjoy each other and have fun together and be in paradise together for all eternity. So you can exchange your trouble right now for trust. You can exchange your, your fear for faith because Jesus is preparing a people for you. You're not gonna be alone. You're not gonna be by yourself. He's gonna be with you and you're gonna be with a huge family in heaven. Revelation chapter seven says, there will be a crowd so vast, so huge that no one can count. That's your family. You're gonna to get to be with your family for all of eternity worshiping Jesus. And then the third reason that I believe we can exchange our trouble for trust, our fear for faith tonight is that Jesus goes on to say how we can join this family, how we can become a part of this family, how we can know for sure that we'll get to experience those things I'm talking about one day. He goes on to say in John 14 verse four, he says, and you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas speaks up and says, no, no, we don't, Lord. We, don't, we have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus told him in verse six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Here's the final reason. You can exchange your trouble for trust, your fear for faith tonight, is that Jesus has prepared the path. He's already prepared the path. Jesus said, I am the way, like I am the path. I am the way to heaven. Jesus says, I am the way home. I am the way home to, to be with your family. I've already prepared the path. You know, most religions say, almost all religions will say, there's the way, go and do it. Go and accomplish it. But Jesus says, he doesn't say there's the way, go do it. Jesus says, I'm the way, come to me, I'm the way. I've already prepared the path for you. When you look at these verses, John 1 through 6, who's doing all the work? Is it the disciples or is it Jesus? Jesus is the one doing all the work. He's saying, I'm going to prepare the place for you. And then he says, I'm going to come back and get you. Like, you don't have to come to me. You don't have to make your way to me. I'm going to come back and get you. Jesus is the one doing all the work. And so tonight, you don't, you don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to fix all the things in your life to come to Jesus. No, you can come to Jesus right now, tonight, just as you are. Because Jesus says, I'm the way to eternal life. I'm the way to abundant life around this earth. I'm the way to, to peace and fulfillment and satisfaction. 
I'm the way to, to healing and hope. I'm the way. You don't have to do it on your own. You come to me and I'll change your life. And I'll give you everything you've ever longed for. I'll give you that assurance of that home and that place, that people, that family. They're gonna be yours one day. And so Jesus says, come to me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father, Jesus says, except through me. And so can I encourage you tonight? I think Jesus wants to tell you tonight, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And so my challenge for you tonight is this. Replace your trouble with trust. Replace your fear with faith. Because Jesus has given us concrete reasons. And even in the midst of our suffering, even in the midst of our trouble, he's given us concrete reasons. We can trust in him. We can put our faith In 2 Kings chapter 6, the prophet Elisha and his servant are surrounded by this invading army. And watch this. It says in 2 Kings 6 verse 15, it says, When the servant of the man of God, the servant of Elisha, went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. And the servant, Elisha's servant says, oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. And maybe some of you are feeling like that tonight. Or maybe you felt like that over the last day. What, what do we do? What do I do after last night? How do I respond? What do I say? How, do I, how should I feel? What do we do? Elisha's response to his servant in verse 16. Don't be afraid. The prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. The servant of Elisha couldn't see that God was there with them, helping them, and that he had always been there with them and helping them. But Elisha saw it. And Elisha told his servant, you don't have to be afraid because the one who is with us is more than the one who is against us. Listen, I know some of you are here tonight and you've been afraid. With the shootings that have happened in our country, with what happened in Vegas a week ago, with, with what happened here last night, some of you have been struggling with fear. And we want to pray for you tonight. We want to pray that you won't be afraid because you'll see that God has always been with you and he's going to be with you. So if that's you and you feel like you've been struggling with fear or doubt in light of everything that we've experienced in our country over the last week and months really and years, and tonight it really came close to home and you've been struggling with fear and doubt, if that's you, would you just stand? We want to pray for you tonight.
else? You want to just be bold and say, yeah, that's me. I'm struggling with fear and doubt. There's people standing up all over the auditorium. If you would move to one of these people and just put your hand on their shoulder and begin to pray over them, that they would see, just like Elisha's servant saw, that they would see just like he saw, that the ones who are with us are more than the ones who are against us, that the one who is with us is more than the one who is against us. So would you just begin to pray over them? That just like Elisha said to his servant, he said, do not be afraid. Would you pray that over them tonight? God, we pray for every person that stood, everyone that might be watching online from all over the country right now. God, that has been struggling with fear and doubt in light of everything that's been happening in our country. I know many here, as the events from last night struck really deep as happening right here at their home. God, we, we pray that you would bring a supernatural comfort and peace God, to every student right now that stood and that they would not be afraid. They would replace their fear with faith tonight and that you would allow them to even see in this moment, that you would allow them to see with spiritual eyes the army of God that is surrounding us, that you would allow them to see that the one who is for us is greater, is more than the one who is against us. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you take a seat? And we're gonna pray over one more group of people tonight. I believe we have some members of our Lubbock Police Department, our Texas Tech Police Department. We have staff and I think even some dispatchers from the police department, Texas Tech Police Department that are here. If that's you, would you just make your way into the middle aisle right there, the one that kind of runs horizontal across the, the auditorium, if that's you? So again, any, any member of the Lubbock Police Department and their staff, any member of the Texas Tech Police Department and their staff, if you guys will make your way into that middle aisle. And then students, if you guys will just begin to go and lay hands on them and let's pray over them, that God would bring healing and restoration to their hearts after losing one of their own. That God would protect them as they continue to do their job. And if you can't make your way over to one of those people, just lift your hand and kind of point it in their direction. 
and just begin to pray for them. Pray for the Lubbock Police Department, the Texas Tech Police Department, for all their staff. That God would bring healing and restoration and hope and, and peace. As you can imagine, their world has been rocked recently. Pray for protection as they go out and put their lives on the line for you and I every night. If you're watching online, you can pray for the police department in your home city. Pray that God would bring protection for each one of those officers that puts their life on the line for you and I every time they put that uniform on and they go to work. Jesus, we thank you here in our city for the Lubbock Police Department, for the Texas Tech Police Department, and for all their staff. And God, we pray that after last night, you would bring supernatural healing and hope in Jesus' name to every one of them. God, thank you for the ones that are here and all the ones they represent, the hundreds of other officers and staff members that they represent. God, would you, God, bring blessing and healing. God, would you bring hope and peace? And God, we pray for protection over these officers who put their lives on the line for us. God, would you protect them in Jesus' name with chariots of fire? It's in your name we pray. Amen. You can remain standing. We're going to continue to sing tonight. And I want to remind you, as we do, you can continue to write out that card that on, on that card, that prayer for our police department, for the East family. You can go back to the signs at the back and, and write a verse or a prayer for over our campus or for our campus. We're going to have prayer teams all over the room with orange glow sticks on. They're here to pray with you. If something's going on in your life, if, if you've been afraid or you're struggling or you just need a fresh touch from God, they're going to be here to pray with you. But what I love about God's word is he doesn't tell us to not be afraid, like just man up or toughen up. Don't be, don't be afraid, don't be scared. That's, that's not what God tells us over and over again in his word. God says this, he says, don't be afraid for I am with you. This is Isaiah 41.10. Don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. So God says, you don't have to be afraid because I'm with you. I'm gonna hold your hand through it. I've been holding your hand through it. I'm gonna continue to hold your hand through everything that you're going through. So you don't have to be afraid because I'm with you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you. I am your God. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. And so tonight, evil may have put up a fight last night. Evil may continue to put up a fight, but the one who is for us is greater than the one who is against us. And so let's worship and thank God that though evil may put up its fight, the one who is for us is greater than the one who is against us. Let's worship God tonight.